0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. You're looking good. You know that? Look, look around. Look around and just uh, say, Hey. No, don't say anything. Hey, uh, those of you watching online, all of our campuses, McKinney, Prosper, Frisco West, all my friends in Indiana, all my friends in Florida, California, and Colorado, we love you, and all those in between Minnesota, um, we're so glad that you're here. A couple things, um, Prosper, man, we're almost there, we're almost there, and I cannot wait for you to see it, Um, uh, so be looking for times in which you, all of us, around all of our campuses can go and tour the building, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, they've done a great job. Uh, that, uh, our, our quarter comes to an end uh, at the end of this month, next week. So if you're able to join us, I want to invite you to join us financially in, uh, in this campus and, and all that God is going to do. Uh, we're excited. And thank you for those of you who have been on that journey. And if you haven't been, man, I invite you to, to join us and, and see God do some great things through not a building, but through the people of the Prosper Campus, so Prosper Campus, we love you. Thanks for your service, thanks for everything. Now, second thing is next week, 3 o'clock p.m. right here at the Frisco East Campus, Cookies and Conversations. This is a part of our Unity uh, team and we're just sitting across tables from people who may come from different backgrounds, don't look like us, but we want to learn. I really, truly believe, especially after the message today, I really feel like you'll get what I'm trying to say and why we have cookies and conversations, why we do the unity, we call it the unity table. Uh, Every fifth Sunday, when there's a fifth Sunday of the month, That happens like three, three or four times a year, whatever. um, That's a time when when you invite somebody who is uh, not your color, not your culture, maybe not... Your, where you come from, and you sit across the, the kitchen table, you sit across the restaurant table, and have conversations. So next week, we make that available to everybody. We provide all the stuff. All you do is show up, 3 o'clock p.m., right here at the Frisco East Campus, Cookies and Conversations. Now, uh, today, second week of our series called The Love We Give. Last week, here's what we talked about, God's love for us. And we went to the Luke 15 story, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the... and a specifically the lost son or the rebellious son. And we, we talked about two things, wasted love and we talked about undeserved love. Many of us waste, waste our time, waste our lives in, in a, a lifestyle that is outside of God's will for our lives. And we waste our love, we waste his love, we waste what, what we had. The, the son leaves his home, leaves protection, leaves provision, and he wastes his life, and he actually wastes his father's love. Now, when he comes back, decides, and we've all been there, we've all come to a place in our lives, where we realize that our way wasn't the best way, that the world's way isn't the best way, that actually Jesus does make sense, and, and, and the scriptures do make sense, and we've come back to our senses, and we've come back, and what we find is not punishment. We don't find a, a lecture. We find undeserved love. Today, we're going to talk about our love for each other. So the series is called The Love We Give. Last week was understanding our love from God. In other words, how God loves us. We've we got to understand that in order for this to work the way that he wants, us, wants it to work. So when this, work, when this works, this has a better chance of working. And so the love for each other. In other words, the body of Christ. How well do we love each other? Now, I want to go back to Luke chapter 15, the story again, and remind you of why Jesus told this story, or these three stories. So why, was, why, why, why did Jesus give this, these parables to the people that were listening? We find the answer in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 15. Let's rehearse that. Just, we read it last week, but let's go back to it. Luke 15, 1 and 2 tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Now that's a, that is a wild statement in and of itself. That people who were notorious sinners were actually interested in something that Jesus had to say. It tells you there was something different about Jesus. Obviously, we all know that, but, but when you really, it's easy for us to just look over that, but I'm just telling you when tax collectors who were wealthy had it all, They were hated by the Jews. They didn't care because they had money. They had everything this world has to offer except peace. And when Jesus taught, there was something different about what he said that made sense to them. Okay, so that's in and of itself an awesome uh, line, uh, sentence. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Okay, So, this is the reason why Jesus tells these three stories. This is the reason why he tells the story of the lost sheep. That when a sheep wanders away from from the fold, wanders away from the hundred, the father goes after and searches for the lost sheep so that he can bring him back into the family, into the fold. The lost coin was misplaced, and the lady searches upside down, uh, turns the, the house upside down, looking for this coin. And once she finds it, she, she celebrates. When the shepherd finds the sheep, he celebrates, calls his friends in to, to celebrate. Now, the lost son is a little bit different. Nobody goes to look for him. So he says, I want my share of the inheritance. I'm sick of it, whatever he was thinking. But he said, I want to go live my life. And he wasted his money on wild living, the scripture says, the story says. But the story, when he comes back, his father is on the porch, right, waiting. And he runs to him. And we, we most of us know the story. I told it last week. But I want to pick it up because the story doesn't end there. The son comes home and Father greets him and doesn't give him a lecture, doesn't give him punishment, doesn't give him the cold shoulder, says, Welcome, welcome, we'll read in a minute. But there's more to the story. That's where I want to spend our time in the last part of this story. And remember, we're talking about our love for one another. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. Here we go. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe. And I want you to consider, again, the condition that this son would have been in, in the wild living and then yet Famine. Eating what pigs eat to stay alive. Probably not shaved and unshaven for many months. Hair probably uncut or unkept. Stunk. Is that a word? Yep. Stunk. In the south it is. Just did not smell good. And yet When he comes home, strung out of his lifestyle, his father runs and calls for the robe, the ring, sandals for his feet, and and then kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead, and, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. So the party began. Not the end of the story. Meanwhile, the older son now in this in this story, who is the older son? the religious leaders, the teachers of the law. The father is God. the son are those who are lost, like the sheep, lost like the coin, like the son. and then the older brother are they're the religious leaders, the teachers. so get it so so he's he's, he's talking to them but not talking to them. you get it. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older brother, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and and begged him, but he replied, All these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours comes back, after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. In other words, Whatever we've grown since the younger son's been gone, whatever has accumulated, whatever interest we've received, whatever um, expansion we've done, that's all yours. So we have to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and, and now he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So two things I believe that Jesus was trying to convey in this story. Two things. Ready? Number one, God's love for us, talked about it last week. The father welcomes the lost son. And number two, our love for each other, the older brother's anger. He's trying to help them understand, hey guys, you're the older brother. And your attitude towards these notorious sinners who were coming to listen to me teach, not because they can get anything, not because there's any money involved, but they're actually coming to, to hear words of life and you're mad? And you're angry? This, do you hear? Do you see the picture of what's going on here? In uh, John 13, the Last Supper, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He institutes the what we call the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine. This is my body. This is my blood. We celebrated that for over 2,000 years as a church. But he also says something at the very end. And, and, and again, one of the last things that he's going to tell his disciples, we find in John 13, 31. And, and again, we're talking about love for each other. So in the context, here's, here's what we find Jesus saying. As soon as Judas left the room... who's going to betray Jesus, the time had come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. And God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. So I've only got a little bit of time, so here's what I want to say. And as I told the Jewish leaders you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So you can't come with i you're gonna stay here, so here's what I need you to know. So now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Now, of all the things Jesus could have said, I want you to think about this. Of all the things that Jesus could have said, they earned under the domination of the Roman government. Empire. They were not free in, in, in totality. They, they were not their own nation. Israel was dominated by Rome along with a lot of the world, the then known world. And when Jesus says, I am going to die, I'm going to pay the price for sin, and so on and so on. This is my body, this is my my blood. I want you to remember this. I'm getting ready to leave, you can't go with me. But here's what you need to know. I don't know this would be the first thing on my list. I I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me in other words, well, here's the plan. Okay, so first of all, you're you're gonna you're gonna need to grow in popularity in the Roman government, and then you need to become elected, and then we're gonna change the empire through the political power. Or you need to get your militia ready. You need to arm yourselves because we're gonna overthrow. Rome. Now, we're not mad about it, but we're just going to do it because this is who we are and and we're going to take our freedom back and we are going to dominate and set up the kingdom. Okay, now I know you're thinking I'm trying to be political. No, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. None of those things are what Jesus said. What he said was to the disciples that I want you to have, I want you to know a new commandment and I want you to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Listen listen, your love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I want you to think about that. That is an, I am amazed at this state. It blows me away. That of all the things that Jesus could have said that the world will know you're my disciples, what about miracles? You know, you ever thought about that? You know, have you ever just thought, hey, Jesus, man, if you would just do some, cool miracles, if we could just do some cool miracles here in Frisco, here in the surrounding area, and people hear about it, and they just go, whoa, I'm going to, no, that's not what he said would mark you, or us. He said, "The, the reason that the world will know that you're my disciples, and not because you have power politically, not because you have power spiritually, although we do, but because you love you love each other, and the world will then know and if it 's important to Jesus, it should be important to us Amen. how we learn to love and this is the reason go back to the prodigal son. this is the reason Jesus tells these three stories so that so that the religious leaders who are listening, who are misunderstanding the the tactics or the the compassion or the model of jesus they're misunderstanding they're, they're missing the whole thing they're mad because he's eating with notorious sinners and people who want to hear something different perhaps most of them want to change their lives prostitutes tax collectors drunks they all come to jesus they listen and then their lives are changed zacchaeus says hey i'm gonna uh, forget all this man i will repay what i've stolen and i'll even more than repay I want to be right with God. See, this is what's going on, and the religious, the older brother is upset. That's why he tells the story, and here's what I want to say. If we find ourselves, and I want you, you're going to have to really be honest, and some of you are not self-aware, okay? Does that make sense? Some of you are not self-aware, and you're just like, you don't really realize that people don't like you, or, or whatever, okay? No, I love you but I'm paid to love you. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding, sort of. Some of us are self, we're unaware of ourselves, how we come across and so forth. So I'm just asking you within reason and within your ability to not just think of this is for somebody else, this is for somebody in the room that's really religious. I want you to just think about how does this affect me What is Jesus trying to say to me? As we look at this story, the prodigal son, and especially the end of the story, what do we learn? How can we learn to love each other better? First first thing, let's look for lost family members. Now, last week, I made a distinction between the stories. The shepherd... The father goes and looks for the lost sheep. The lost misplaced coin, the woman turns the house upside down to find it. The lost son, the father waits. Now, I really do believe there are times in which that's what God does. That there are times in which he goes after you and me and there are times in which he waits for us to come to our senses. Because maybe him going for us, we wouldn't change our minds. I don't know. However, however, what if the older brother would have gone after his little brother? What if what if he would it would have just followed him and just said, "Hey, listen, I know, I know it's rough here. I, I know, being the younger son. I mean, because I mean, he's the, the older brother is more important in the family in that tradition in that culture, but." can I just tell you that you're, you're gonna waste your life and I love you and, and I don't wanna see that happen. I, I, want, I want you to know that I love you and that whatever I can do to make it easier here, not, not pacify, not condone or justify any kind of wrongdoing or sin. I'm just telling you that I love you and I don't want you to go because I know if you go, you're gonna hurt yourself and others perhaps in the process. Well, what if the older brother would have taken it upon himself to go look for someone who was lost. Galatians chapter six, Paul says it like this. Dear brothers and sisters, and if another believer is overcome by such sin, hey, don't do anything. Just let them grovel in their sin. No, he says you who are godly should gently and humbly. That's important. Those are two important words. And let me just tell you that if you don't know about our regeneration program on Monday nights at 6.30 here at Frisco East, I'm just gonna tell you it is one of, and I know I say this all the time, but it is one of the best, it is one of the best things we do here at Hope. Amen. It's not just for, hey, I'm addicted to something. It's for anybody and everybody. It's the best discipleship tool I believe we have in our church. And, 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 and people just gently and humbly come around you not because you may not be, you know, overcome by some sin. Maybe, maybe you just, life is not working. Maybe you have a decision problem. You, you know, may, maybe you just made poor decisions, and it's not like you're a bad person. You've just made poor decision after poor decision. It's like, man, I need help. I need wisdom, because I'm, what I'm doing is not working. This is, okay. So anyway, that's Regen 630 here at Frisco East every Monday night. So you, who are godly, should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Listen, share each other's burdens. What if the older brother would have just gone out, just taken a walk? Ran up to him. and, And just said, hey, I love you. Man, you don't have to do this. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. And, listen to this, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That's a word for somebody in here. So, let me put on the screen like this. We'll go to number two. Here it is. When it comes to prodigal people in our lives, let's at least go look for them. Even if they don't come home immediately, they know they are loved. And in the body of Christ, sometimes we... We, we, you know, and again, when the, when the father waits on the porch and just waits for the son to come back, he's not waiting in like, hey, let's see how long it takes for him to destroy his life. Because I'm gonna, I got the popcorn. I'm ready to watch this. No, no, the father's just in compassion, just waiting. Like, man, I know, I know he's gonna come back. And when he comes back, I want him to know how much I love him. I want him to know how much he is valued. As older brothers... All of us and sisters, what if we just went and looked for them? Knowing they, you understand when people just have it in their mind, they're just going to do what they want to do. But at least he would have known that he was wanted and valued and loved. Learning to love each other better. Let's go look for lost family members. Number two, number two, let's think of ourselves less. Now, again, this is in the story, Luke chapter 15, verse 28. Let's read. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, listen, all these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat, not even a calf. Who wants to eat a goat? For a feast with my friends. What if we... I just find it odd that the first thing that the brother says is, What about me? His his younger brother has been devastated by the famine, devastated by his decisions. And you know what? He made those decisions. Of course he did. And there are consequences to our decisions. But but when somebody comes back and just says, "Man, I am stupid. I, I don't know what. I don't know why I've done this again. I don't know what in the world I'm doing. I, I, I don't even deserve. I don't even deserve to be your son anymore." That's not what I'm asking. The only reason I'm here is because at least maybe I could just work in the fields and and you could you just feed me. And if you're here today, again, if you're here today, and that's you and you're, you've been rejected by the church, or you've been rejected by the people of God for, for what you've done, and they're just, they just can't get over your rebellion, let me just tell you, the Father loves you. Whether I do or not, whether I do well, or you, we all do well, the Father loves you no matter what. And I find it odd that the older brother, the first thing he says You're gonna give him a fattened calf, but you don't give me a goat. I've been here. I've done everything you said. You call this fair? You call this right? This guy is this guy's a wacko. He's devastated his life, and he's devastated this family. He's hurt this family. Why in the world you've never done anything like this for me? Philippians, Paul says it this way, chapter two: Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests. In other words, think about about us less. But take an interest in others too. Let me put on the screen like this. And this is a shock for some of you. The story isn't always about you. I know. The story isn't always about us. And I know there are times in which it is. And I'm not saying that the older brother wasn't important. I'm not saying that you and I are not important. At times, we need encouragement. At times, we need, we need a shot in the arm. We need a hug. Need, and I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that it's not always about us. We must think of ways to consider others and what God may be trying to do in and for them. So what, the older brother comes and he's angry. And he's like, he's back? What, what, what? And, and, then, and we're going to have a party? This is ridiculous. This is a waste of money. I'm not even, even going to go in. I'm, I'm boycotting this son of yours. You see? You see what Jesus is trying to say? He's talking to us. We're the older brothers. And we can be a good one or we can be a bad one. We're the older sisters. We can be a good one or we can be a bad one. One of the things that that helps us to learn to love each other better is if we actually go look for those who are hurting, look for those who are self-destructing, and at least let them know that we love them. And then the second thing is, hey, it's not always about you. The story in the movie of life is not always about you. It's it's about what maybe God is trying to do. And what if the older brother would have just went and said, where's he at? where's, Where's my brother? Where's he at? And what if you just would have taken him by the shoulders and just said, hey, man, I know it's been, I know it's been hard. I can tell. I don't know where you've done. I don't even know what you've done. I know what you're doing. But I just want you to know that welcome, welcome. Anything that I can do for you, anything you need, man, I know it's gonna to be tough coming out of that lifestyle. It's gonna to be tough coming out of that alcohol or those drugs or whatever, that sex. It's gonna be hard, but I just want you to know whatever you need, I'm here for you. Because I'm not just thinking about me, about what is good for me. I'm thinking about what's good for you. Number three, let's have less offense and more compassion. Now, I find this odd. This is all in this story. I've never seen it in this. I mean, I've looked and I've read this story a hundred times. It's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. But I've never looked at it this way. Let's read 15. Chapter 15, yet when this son of yours comes back after, I love that. You ever send that to your spouse? When this son of yours, right, this daughter of yours, you raised, they they take after you. This is all your fault. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money, listen, all of a sudden he takes up an offense for his dad. Listen, let me tell you something right now. He could care less. He could care less about what his dad's going through. He didn't really care about that. He cares about him. And he's taking up an offense for his dad. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money, Dad, do you realize that he squandered your money on prostitutes? You celebrate by the fat and calf. I can't I can't stand for it. I can't allow you to do this because he's gonna do this again. He's gonna use you, Dad. He is going to use your forgiveness, he is going to use your grace, he's gonna use your mercy. Don't fall for it. Do you understand why Jesus is telling this story? He's talking to us. Some of us get offended for God. Let me tell you something. Everybody look at me. God's a big boy. You know what I'm saying? God can take care of himself. You don't have to worry about trying to protect God. He understands the sin. He understands and what we have done to each other. I'm not just talking to the world. We'll talk about it next week. Today, we're talking about love for each other. And what we have done is taken offense for God for what somebody else did. And, and, and maybe misused God's grace or mercy. And, and we're just like, oh, this is right. Rad- I'm not standing for this. I'm not even going to talk to them. Not even going in. Colossians 3. Here's again Paul says it like this and again this is related to the to relationship biblical relationships the family of God since God chose you to be holy people he loves you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted what I want you to think of these words mercy kindness humility and he's talking about each other we're the family of God the holy people he loves you must close your clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy kindness humility gentleness and patience make allowance for each other's faults And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, above all, here we go again. Clothe clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together. In other words, answers the, the prayer of Jesus in John. When he says, oh God, oh Father, of all the prayers that he could have prayed, he says, I, hope, I just pray that they would be one. Isn't that weird? John 13, he says, hey, new commandment, love each other. And this is the way the world will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. And by the way, I'm praying for you that you would be unified, that you would walk in harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. We misquote the scripture. This is not having anything to do with God's peace over a situation. It is God's peace for relationships. Listen, for as members of one body, we are called to live in peace. This peace of Christ is this way. Not this way. I and mean, we have this way, Philippians 4. But right now, we're talking about right here. Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, compassion, uh, whatever it says. All those things. The good stuff. Clothe yourself with that. With love. So that, so that the peace of Christ will rule in this church. Will rule in the family of God. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let me put on the screen like this. Here we go. Compassion when somebody has offended or hurt you is always a sign of maturity. Taking up an offense is the opposite. Now, I understand. Everybody's, I know what you, some might be thinking. You have no idea what they've done to me. John, you have no idea what, what he has done to me and our kids. I know. This is complicated. It is not easy and it is messy. And there are time. listen, there are times for correction. No question in the family of God. What I am not trying to Paint a picture of is some euphoric, unrealistic way of life. There are times for correction. There are times for someone who has wronged somebody to humble themselves. And again, we're talking about those who have humbled. This son comes back humbling himself before his father. He is disgraced. But he but he just comes back and asks for mercy. Not to even be a son. Just, hey, could I, could I just have a place to live? Compassion. When we show compassion for those who have offended us, what that shows is we have more maturity than we thought. And when you keep that, look at me, when, you, when we keep that offense, bitterness, unwilling to forgive, and I understand, I, I'm not judging, I'm not even trying to make you feel bad. I understand, and I have close relationships that have been devastated by people making bad decisions and so forth. I, all I'm saying is at some point in some time, if your choice is to hold on to that, you've got some work to do. And I've got some work to do. Number four, how many still, how many still love me? Right? Okay, good, good. Thank you. I didn't hear the other campuses, but I'm assuming that the, the, it was even louder of a clap. All right. All right. Number four, let's celebrate more and criticize less. Okay, so here we go. Last part of the story, uh, chapter 15, verse 31. Here, here's, what, here's what happens. The father said to him, look, your son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost but now he is found, so that's why we're partying. That's why the lost the lost sheep. He calls uh, he calls all his shepherd friends together and says, "Man, I found my sheep. Let's 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 have a party." The lost coin. She calls all her neighbors. And says, "Hey, let's have a party. This is awesome." The lost son. He comes home. The father says, "Get the barbecue ready. Not pork, by the way. Beef, beef. We're not in the east part of the country." This is Texas. Brisket. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, and those of you in North Carolina and Tennessee, we love you. You don't have any idea what barbecue is, but we love you. We love you. We really do. And we're praying for you. We love you. We love, you. We love you. We're tenderhearted. Okay, now, what if the older brother, when he comes home and hears the music already, And he, you know what I'm saying, he hears George Strait already playing in the background and he's like, what in the world? What's going on here? Or better yet, he hears the eagles and he's like, man, what's going on here? Or for some of you, um, passion, you know, the passion music stuff, if you, anyway, whatever you like, he hears the music, what if he would have said, what's going on? What's going on? Your brother's home. What? My brother's home? Are you kidding? When did he get here? Why didn't somebody, did somebody come and get me? Man, what are we doing? Well, your dad got the robe and got the sandals and got the ring, and he, he were, fat, were, 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 we're roasting the fat in cap and calf, and we're just having a party because he was lost and now he's found. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? What do we need to do? Do we have enough Pepsi? we have enough Coke, Sprite, Dr. Pepper? Do we have enough of, of well, do we have enough potato salad? What do we need? What do you need me to do, right? But instead, what does he do? Criticizes. What, well, this son of yours? Are you kidding me? uh I'm not going in there. That's a waste of our money. This party is a waste of our money. But he wasted your money, and I'm not going in there. We're not doing this. They need to know righteousness. They need to know that they have, uh, but they know. We're talking about the family of God here. Those tax collectors, those prostitutes, those drunks, they all knew what they were doing was wrong. What they needed was a good shepherd. What they needed was somebody to turn the house upside down to look for them. What they needed was somebody to welcome them. And that's what Jesus was doing let's celebrate more and let's criticize less over the last three years COVID racial political I'm not even talking about the country I'm not talking about the world I'm not talking about unbelievers I'm talking about believers everybody look at me you know I love you I'm in this with you together but we I don't think have done a great job of loving each other over the last three years. We have posted things on social media that have hurt and divided. Everybody look at me. I make no apology for saying this. Every study that I've ever looked at says social media is terrible for kids, terrible for students, self-esteem, All those things. It's terrible. So, yet, but as parents, we feel the need to just tell everything we want to say. and, 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 And we have divided. And we have, let me just say this, we've missed it. In my opinion, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. But I'm just saying everything we do is clothed with love. Everything we do is clothed with love. And you may be sitting here mad at me because you're wanting to change America. You want to change America? Pray. Amen. You want to change America? And I'm going to say this. Send me an email. And I'm to, I'll receive it. And, I'll, and I'll, try to talk to, I'll talk to you. But I'm telling you, no matter who's in the White House, that's not, that is the kingdoms of this world. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying we have, over the last three years, we have missed it in so many ways. And all I'm saying, all I'm saying is guys, there's a reason why Jesus told this, these stories. And they weren't just for the religious leaders. They're for us. What kind of older brother, what kind of older sister are you? Am I? Let's look at it in the, with, the, with, with those lenses and guys, let's learn to love each other better. There are times for correction. Everybody look at me. Correction doesn't come through social media. Correction comes in private. You got, somebody, you got something against somebody? Don't go to the Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Go, go to them. Go to them. And let's learn to love each other because our love for each other will prove to the world that we're His disciples, Lord. I know this is hard, and oh, John, I wish you would have gone there in that last two minutes. <laughs> Lord, I pray <clears throat> that we would understand what You were trying to say to us. That that You would that You, that you would somehow, some way. Make it through the the walls that we have created around our hearts, believing that we're not an older brother that criticizes, we're not an older brother that just thinks of ourselves. Doesn't go look for somebody. That that we're not. That's not me. But yet, there are times in which it is. I'm the same way. God, we're we're all trying to learn to love each other better, and I just pray that this story, who was. Told for significant reasons in that first century, but for significant reasons for us today. Because it's still true that your prayer is not just for your disciples in the first century, your prayer was for those who would come after them, that we would be one. And we will never be one if we don't learn to love better. So, Lord, convict our hearts, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom to love. So, Lord, let it start here at Hope. Prosper McKinney, Frisco West, online here at Frisco East. Let us learn to love each other better. And in so doing, the world will be changed because of that love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.